Welcome to the Wheelbarrow Full of Dicks Internet Radio Program. I am Mike. I am joined, of course, by my co-host, my partner in crime, Mr. Travis Hulse. The show that almost didn't happen, right? Right. Phone number to contact the show, 636-487-HAND or WFOD show on Skype. We will be joined in a little bit uh, by our good pal, Drunkard STL, on the Twitters. Uh, after the break, we are going to be joined by uh, author Mike Susky. Uh, he has a book out, his, his memoir, Travis, it's called uh, Small Town Boxer. Uh, so we're going to be talking to him about his life in the Fantastic. ring, Travis, in the ring. You know what I'm saying? It's an exciting life, the life in the ring. Travis, you, you ever been in a scrap? You ever, uh, you ever thrown yeah. down, Travis? Yeah, not like real... Usually, if I've ever been in an altercation, it was either me taking one to the jaw or me, like, popping one guy in, like, the teeth, and then it's over. You, you know what I mean? So like, you, you've, you've punched hitting. a man in the in the face? I got, a, I got one. I got one guy one time. Uh, oh, Travis, it sounds like story time to me. Well, uh, he, I, I got him one time, and then he got me one time. Same guy? And, yeah, and then my, and then my pal laid him out on the street. We we had uh, me and my buddy were uh, out uh, out on the town uh, having some cocktails. Walked into a bar that served popcorn. Were you, were you uh, flirting with the ladies? I don't know if there was any flirting anywhere happening. It was just kind of like the nice time, you know, just having some cocktails, being young, uh, early ah, 20s to be or young so. again, young. You know what I mean? Just young, yeah, dumb, yeah. Uh, full. Well, I guess full of cum. You know, the testosterone raging. But we were just having a nice time, and uh, we walked into this tavern that we've been in plenty of times. It had a popcorn machine, uh, and this popcorn machine was self-service. So me and my buddy, being you know fairly liquored up, you know, just started <laughs> enjoying some popcorn. Well, it turns out there was like a, a a high school reunion in there, so a bunch of Catholic. Uh, school graduates in there hanging out and uh, as we were leaving we, I don't even I truthfully I'm not even sure if we bought a drink in there we just walked in ate a bunch of popcorn and walked out uh, but as we're leaving some douchebag from like closer to the bar said see you later popcorn bitch like popcorn he, bitch popcorn oh Travis uh, no wonder you punch that guy and you have to know that we didn't have any communication with this guy whatsoever. Like we walked in, we're having a nice time. So they were sitting back in the back and they were, uh, they were gossiping about you. They were saying, yeah. look at these fucking guys eating in the popcorn. Look at all that popcorn they're eating. You know, that popcorn that's free for everybody to enjoy. Were, were you like heavy handed with the popcorn, Travis, to, to become a popcorn bitch? I put baskets out. So like, you, you know, you know, the popcorn machines, you open the little door, they got the little scoop. You scoop it into a basket with one of those little, uh, you know, it's a little tissuey kind of paper that you stick in the basket. You, you know, you fill up the basket. You sit back and you, you enjoy a couple kernels of the old popcorn. I hear you. I hear you. And, and enjoy we did. And so they had you know, pre-made baskets. Yeah, well, they they had a stack of baskets and then a stack of that old tissue paper that ah. you put in to line the basket. Okay. Okay. So it's a little bit of work, but I mean, hey, it's free popcorn, right? Okay, so the guy said, see you later, popcorn bitch. See you later, popcorn bitch. And, and you couldn't uh, let it go, you could you? You said, wait a minute, who's that guy calling a bitch? Who who are you calling a bitch, bitch? Is what I you, think is probably what happened. Like I said, ooh. I think I was probably like 22, so wow. I would assume it was something clever like that. Um, you know, when, when you're, you know, your early 20s, you're not quite 
smart enough yet to really navigate the real world. I think you still have that me against the world kind of attitude. Well, Travis, I still anybody? have that. Steps. <laughs> still have that? that to this day, Travis. Have you shed that? <laughs> Man in your 30s, haven't gotten rid of that yet? <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like it's it's me versus the world, but I don't feel like it's me against the world anymore. I think the world's trying to crush me, so it's always like I'm always on defense. But I feel like in your early 20s, you're always on the offense, like always trying to like, hey, nobody, you're not going to fuck with me, buddy. Uh, I'm, I'm nobody's popcorn bitch. <laughs> exactly. So it's me and my buddy, We, you know, we walk out and, he, you know, I'm sure there was unpleasantries exchanged between the three of us. And uh, he walked out, you know, much to his credit, there was two of us and one of him uh, and he followed us out like he yeah, he was ready to go. But why? And, uh, I don't know. He must have also had maybe he was like you and didn't grow out of the. Was it his the- popcorn? No, of course not. But like, what was the popcorn slight? Did you finish the popcorn off? There was more popcorn and and it didn't matter. Even if there wasn't, they consistently kept that popcorn machine full. Right. So if we would have eaten all of the popcorn, which we didn't, uh, all they would have did was dump a cup of popcorn in that top little thing. And it would have immediately uh, started popping popcorn again. What a world we live in. What a world we live in where a guy can't eat some delicious popcorn without some guy uh, wanting to fight him for it. It's Rango who had no stake in this popcorn whatsoever. Unless he was just about to get up from the table to go eat popcorn. And as we were eating the popcorn, he's like, motherfucker. I wanted that top layer of delicious buttery popcorn. Yeah, the stuff on the top is the best. It usually is. Maybe there was a a gal that he used to go to high school with that he was trying to impress or something with his clever retorts of calling random strangers popcorn bitches. I guess I can't really say for certain. Uh, But he did follow us out. Uh, I did get one on him. He did get one on me. Uh, I did fall to the ground. So you just came straight to blows once you guys were outside? It was some it was some probably a little bit of jaw jacking to continue out out of the door. Uh, And then it was like he probably said some shit like, come on, motherfucker or something like that. And uh, I was sauced up enough to actually. Yeah, okay, I'm coming on, motherfucker. And uh, swung and got him in the in the you know the side of the face. Uh, he he swung back in retort. Uh, he probably hit harder than I did because I did fall laughing to the sidewalk. <laughs> and uh, when I looked up, my buddy, uh, who's much smaller than I am, uh, proceeded to kick the shit out of this dude. <laughs> like, he fucking popped him and popped him again to the sidewalk. And then got down on his knees and popped him a couple more times. Not like a, he didn't, not it wasn't a fair fight, weird, like, like getting beat down, but he 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 popped him a few times. <laughs> it never been I mean, in a fight, Travis. Uh, it's not necessary. It doesn't really seem very necessary. You know, you just kind of, you know, I I I think that if somebody were to call me a popcorn bitch, I would just kind of like laugh it off because it's a funny thing to call somebody, and then I'd wonder. You know, I'd get into the psychology of the whole thing and try to figure out why the man called me a popcorn bitch. But probably more from from your angle, like you would you'd like beat yourself up and 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 like nitpick every single thing you did. Like what did I to, do? Did I possibly do did to I? to be given that moniker. Like what what was it about me that made that man call me a bitch? I jumped too many kernels into my mouth at one time. Do I, I, uh, I do I, I eat popcorn in a feminine way? <laughs> Is there a more masculine way to eat the popcorn? 
Yeah, uh, that's that's where I would be at. I, I would I'd go to battle with myself, Travis. I feel sure. Like. And I could see, and and I would be there now. Like I said, I'm a much different person than I was 15, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So I I would also uh, cease to to make any kind of weird comment back. I like I said, you I also might throw up the defense of, <laughs> yeah, what a bitch I am, and then walk out the Did door. Did you say, yeah, you're right? Popcorn okay. bitching all the way out the door. <laughs> And then overanalyze everything you did for the rest of the evening and have to cut the night short because uh, you just wouldn't feel up. To I'd just be anymore. wrecked by it, Travis. I'd right. be wrecked. I'd be like, that's that's what that guy's going to know me as forever. He's going to see my face and he's going to say, hey, that's popcorn, bitch. I remember him. The nice the nice thing is, though, if you do actually get into a fight, he is also going to remember that time he called a couple of dudes popcorn, bitch, and then got his ass kicked on the sidewalk. So he taught him a lesson. That's what you are. You, you go out there, you, you teach him a lesson, Travis, and he'll think twice next time. So that's what you are. You're an educator. That's right. You got to spread the knowledge to the people. Travis stumbled into a bar one night, and a popcorn machine was there in sight as he tossed some kernels. Into his face, a voice came calling from the back of the place. They called him bitch. They called him popcorn bitch. The popcorn bitch. His eyes began to twitch. They called him bitch. He looked for which. The popcorn bitch. Guy called him popcorn bitch. Who you calling a bitch, bitch? He said to the man. The guy got up with a drink in his hand. Travis wasn't ready to let it slide. Why don't you and me take this outside? They called him bitch. He called him popcorn bitch. The popcorn bitch. Travis's eyes began to twitch. The popcorn bitch. He'd fight the man who witch. The popcorn bitch. Called him the popcorn bitch. Travis threw the first punch. Then he got hit once. His friend got involved and hit his opponent a bunch. Called him popcorn bitch. The popcorn bitch. Travis's eye began to twitch. The popcorn bitch. He'd fight the man who witch. The popcorn bitch. Called him the popcorn bitch. The popcorn bitch. They called him popcorn bitch. Travis's eye began to twitch. He'd fight the man who witch. The popcorn bitch. Called him the popcorn bitch. The big news story that I've seen around the uh, around the rags uh, the last day or so is that Taylor Swift bought up all these domain names. Like they're they're, they're releasing all these like vanity d- domain names, like like dot porn and dot adult and dot that a horse. bunch of things. That horse. Mm. And uh, and so Taylor Swift was given the option by, I guess, whoever controls these things and said, hey, do you want to buy TaylorSwift.porn before somebody else buys it and makes money off of your name? And she said, well, God, I guess, of course, I have to. 
And now it's like this big news story that Taylor Swift bought Taylor Swift dot porn. Like, I guess they think, oh, Taylor Swift's going to start doing porn and posting it on Taylor Swift dot porn. But really, it's kind of a shakedown. Travis, <laughs> that link you posted in the chat is the funniest thing ever. What the fuck is that? Everybody needs to go to uh, www.walmart.horse. Uh, just, uh, that is Dude, like the combination of things that are funny. Walmart tried to sue this guy, <laughs> and they lost. <laughs> it's just the horse and Walmart drug. I know, I see it. <laughs> That's all it is. There's a, there's a horse out in the parking lot of Walmart. It's so goddamn perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to derail you, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need a minute. Guys. <laughs> we could buy TaylorSwift.horse. It's okay. <laughs> There's nothing there right now. Why did we need to get on GoDaddy.com right now? Oh God, I got tears in my just, eyes, guys. Are there any pictures of Taylor Swift with the horse? <laughs> Nobody's even sitting on this domain. That's crazy. Uh, for all of your website needs, just go to Hover.com. Uh, code word WFOD. Ten uh, percent off any order. Do not take Taylor Swift dot horse because oh, I'm going to need guys, to do guys. Guys, I got a case of the giggles. Oh, oh my god. god, that was I. So, that was a- t- Travis, you got to tell me the story about this Walmart horse. Uh, oh when my, they when oh while well, you were talking, you were talking about <laughs> those, uh, those boutique those boutique domain names, and when they opened it up to dot porn and the like, for for some reason they opened it also up to dot horse, and some uh, genius decided that the best thing possible to do would be to scoop up Walmart dot horse. Um, and he did, and all he did with it is what you see in front of you is put a picture of a horse looking at the camera in front is. of Walmart. This is one That's picture. literally all. There's no functionality. I'm seriously crying right now. There's no link to anything. You can't do anything on this website. It's a picture of a horse in front of a Walmart with happy families coming out. Well, Walmart found this website, and they were offended. <laughs> I don't understand why, because it's not like the horse is taking a shit on the top of Walmart or anything. It's just a horse, it's just a happy horse in the parking lot of Walmart, looking at the camera in the parking lot of Walmart. But Walmart didn't like it, so they decided to sue him. Um, and I, I, I don't remember if they're still in litigation or if the the judge said, "Yeah, you don't have a case here. <laughs> There's nothing you can do." Buy the domain if you want. Um, the end. <laughs> so there, the website still sits. Walmart horse. <laughs> it's beautiful. That's like if you had asked someone to create something that I thought was perfectly funny. <laughs> would be it. Yeah, but it, it's I uh, what I was what I was getting to before you derailed me, Travis. Was it's kind <laughs> of a, it's kind of a shakedown. Like they they make these new domain names and they say, oh well, we wouldn't want somebody else to buy it so maybe you should buy it 
and they put these price tags on them, and then Taylor Swift has no real way of i mean what is she gonna she's either gonna buy it now or i guess she's gonna try to sue somebody when they make taylor swift dot porn and she can't she has there's there's nothing that she can do with the way the law is right now she has no case against somebody who owns it that's just like the movie studios if you are very savvy and i think a lot of people have been savvy in the past is people buy up these domain names that that reference certain like comic book stories um, and the the movie companies have no uh, recourse except to pay these people who have like Captain America Civil War dot com. You know they have to they have to pay them, and I if they don't pay them, you see a bunch of hyphens between the words uh, uh, when they when they show you the movie previews. What if you had bought like Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War and all those like Adam Warlock dot com, all that kind of stuff? Like you have all of the money, Travis. You have <laughs> like a endless knowledge of all kinds of like obscure comic book heroes right yeah eventually they're all going to be movies every one of them buy them all and wait hey everybody it's the 40 ounce pimp and if you don't like strange label and wheelbarrow full of dicks you're clearly missing out on that fucking hit best radio show on the market previously on the wheelbarrow full of dicks internet radio program Apparently, when drunk gets inebriated, he but likes I, it. But I usually have to be super hammered for that. Right. Well, he has to be really drunk. And like, then he'll go around the party. Not just, like, go out to the bar, have a few cocktails. Not that, not that kind of drunk. And he'll ask people to slap him in the belly. You just and like, then, if they don't slap him hard enough, he'll laugh at them and, and call them bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to leave those places with, like, red handprints all over your stomach. So you want it to hurt. I, I usually have to be about three quarters of a bottle deep for this to happen. But it happened, it's not, it's, it's happened more than once, right? Well, I've drinking more than three quarters of a bottle more than once. Right, so it is like a <laughs> thing that happens. Like, if he gets really, really drunk, some, he will ask people to slap him in the belly. It's not just like, oh, it happens. Like, no, it's like, well, it's happened pretty regularly that if he drinks that much, I would say it's happened more than four times for sure. And do you do you regret it the next day? Sometimes I'll have some wicked handprints on my belly. The next morning, sure. you yeah. still have handprints. Yeah, yeah. He he lets the. Uh, do you ever try to pick out whose hand do you think is what, so you know who to have revenge on? Oh, I, there's no revenge. I know I did it to myself every time. He he. Compl- if you give him a good one, he's like, oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> We, we we talked last week a lot about these new domain names. Oh, the dot horses? Yeah, there's a dot horse now, and and like a dot adult and dot porn. And Taylor Swift bought up all the dot porns and dot adults of her name so that you know people wouldn't wouldn't take them. And so then Travis brought up the lawsuit with the fella. It was a, a Walmart dot horse, and I just got the biggest goddamn kick out of it and i was laughing a lot it was really funny so i get off i'm done doing the show i check our twitter and a fella has tweeted me that he purchased taylor swift dot horse <laughs> we inspired a fella to go buy taylor swift dot horse and he and he and he got it up fast if you go to taylor swift dot horse right now <laughs> There is a picture 
of Taylor Swift on a horse. And, and I got to tell you, I've seen this picture and I've seen the website a million times and I just opened it up now. Actually, it's favorited in my browser. Uh, and I pulled it up and I saw Taylor Swift on this horse with the caption and it immediately made me laugh. It's it's <laughs> great. Actually, I got a, a thing from a guy on Facebook yesterday. It was and like I thought it was kind of weird because it, it's weird, Travis. We've been doing the show as long as we've been doing it. And, like, still, when somebody I don't recognize messages the show, <laughs> I think it's weird. Uh, but this guy sent a message to Facebook. I, I don't know if he created it or if he just knew about it. But if you go to ofcourse.horse, it plays the Mr. Ed theme, <laughs> 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 which is pretty great. But so the, the, the fella that, that bought taylorswift.horse... God bless you, sir. You're you're doing the Lord's work, and I appreciate all that you do, uh, because I just I just got quite the kick out of it. Let me tell you. But S- seconded. That's not all I want to talk about, though. Dan sent me a story this morning about Groupon is selling a a a banana protector called a banana bunker. It's like a plastic sleeve that you can put over your banana. <laughs> so I guess you can like take your banana on the go. Yeah. Oh, you mean like the natural banana protector, the banana peel. <laughs> <laughs> no, but see this is a banana it's called the banana bunker. It's this plastic sleeve that you can put your full banana in to protect it so that you can take your bananas on the go. Sure. My so, tidy whities used to be my banana bunker. And it looks like a big dildo. I, that's the joke, right? It looks like a big dildo. And so the uh, the, the group Well, on, I think a banana immediately is uh, Mother Nature's dildo. Or the that, zucchini. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dick-shaped fruits. Cucumbers. And, and, and vegetables. And Mother nature's a whore. Right. I, I mean, like, really, just about anything can go in your sniz if you really want it to. Oh, those little cuties at the store. You know, the tangerines. You gotta put a tangerine in your in your vagina? Oh, you uh, shoot yeah. them out like ping pong balls. It's a, it's a cutie show. You get more than one in there? See, but I mean, like a banana, it, it's shaped it's shaped to where, like, you can, you can hold it. I mean, like a, like a like, like, any like a kind dong? Of, like circular fruits you jam up there, there's a chance you might not get it back. No, they're for blasting. Well, what I'm saying is they put this on their Facebook, and they're like, hey, guys, we're selling. And I don't know what the retail price of the banana bunker is. I'm not sure what it uh, what it costs to purchase one, but they sold out immediately. Like everybody had to have one of these things because everybody, I guess, is sitting around thinking to themselves, holy shit. I never even realized I needed this banana protector in my life, but it's a great idea. It's 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 a banana protector. And you put it in your in your bag and then you bring it home and then you put a new banana in it. It's not it's not a great idea though. People have too much money because you can put a banana in your bag without a banana protector. And yeah, nothing would be that different about that banana, banana. I guess would be a banana protector. How many times have you gently set down your bag just to find your banana all squished? 
Zero. Sat on your bag? No, you, you sat the bag down. Oh, like, like and like your drink fell over and smushed your banana? Yeah. I don't think that's ever happened. I, I don't, I'm not really a banana guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. If somebody offers me a banana and I'm hungry, I'll eat the banana. But I don't ever, like, go buy bananas. I gotta tell you, it might help keep you regular. You that think? potassium, yeah, that potassium, it's good for you. I'll, you have a cup, cup of coffee and a banana in the morning and you're going to be right as rain. I'll tell you what, man. Last week, there was one day, It was, I think it was a Tuesday, I shit 19 times, Travis. That's too many times, Mike. 19 times in one day, and it was awful. And the next day, I woke up, and I shit a, a bright white shit. <laughs> it was a bright white marshmallow shit. It was, it was big, too. It was a big, solid white shit. And everything I looked up on the internet told me, dude, Cancer? you're not supposed to have white shits. You need to go to the hospital immediately. And, that- and it said that, that what happens is if you have a white shit, that means that like there isn't any bile on your shit. And it's supposed to have bile on it. But I figured if I shit 19 times, I probably just ran out of bile, right? Can you? I never seem to. My next shit wasn't white, though, so I figured I was okay. Was it red? No, it is, is the normal shit color. Which is? Orange. Orange. You're not sure what the normal shit color is? <laughs> is it orange? Is your normal shit color orange? No. What's your normal shit color? What kind if... of brown? Brown brown? I mean, different shades of brown, I'd say. Right? Mine's got corn in it. New from Amazon, the Alexa Outrage Barometer, an automated third-party source that will give you an unbiased read on whether you should or shouldn't give a fuck. Alexa, they're selling tickets to a screening of Wonder Woman that's only for women. The film is being shown on 3,000-plus screens nationwide. Go to a different one. But it's sexist, right? They're infringing on my rights. Maybe, but it's ultimately just some broads watching a shitty DC movie. It makes them happy. Why do you give a shit? Oh, thanks, Alexa. The Amazon Alexa Outrage Barometer. Because there's a battle every day. We can help you choose the right ones. Oh, look at Leprechaun! So, the White House press secretary, Sean Spicer, hates Dippin' Dots. Why? How do you hate Dippin' Dots? And somebody went back five years uh, into his uh, Twitter history and found all the instances of this guy saying, you know that fucking Dippin' Dots? They're not the ice cream of the future. No? No, they're not. He says, Fuck Dippin' Dots. Oh, Dippin' Dots are fun. You know, they make those Dippin' Dots. I went into a whole goddamn Dippin' Dots thing today. I was, I was doing all kinds of Dippin' Dots research. I was, you know, frequenting all the Dippin' Dots boards looking for Dippin' Dots facts. You know, they, they flash freeze that with the same stuff that they used in Demolition Man to freeze Simon Phoenix. Oh, the nitrogen? Yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, 
freezing is like zero, right? Yeah. Well, this shit's like negative 40. This is, this is super fucking freezing. And, and so that's why you can't get it at the grocery store because it's that sound. Oh, Napier. We have a Skype call. Excellent. Let, let me answer it. Hello, caller. Are you there? Hello. This is Trayden Carol Hammond the fourth. Oh. I was listening to your live stream in the year 2099 and felt inclined to call about this whole dipping dot situation. 2099? So you're calling from the future? Yes, I am from the future. Well, that, that's where, where dipping dots are the ice cream, right? Is there oh, even yes. ice cream anymore? Is it all just dipping dots? Everything is dipping dots. We pay for everything with dipping dots. Dippin' Dots is, is like a currency? Dippin' Dots is our currency as well as our savory treat. How do you carry Dippin' Dots around with you? Dry ice. Ah. And so it's like a status symbol, I would imagine. It is like, you know, if you're... You have uh, to have a wh- backpack full of Dippin' Dots at all times. <laughs> you're well-to-do enough to uh, uh, keep the, the Dippin' Dots cold. If you're part of the point zero 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 one percent you have a valet that carries your Dippin' Dots around for you. Do all the rappers in that time, do they throw Dippin' Dots There is no dots rap strippers? anymore. There are no... There's rap, no rap is gone? Rap has been outlawed. Why is rap outlawed? There, there was a dissent whole- about the Dippin' Dots, I would imagine. They, they probably didn't think it was hard. They're always talking about Hennessy when all anybody wants is Dippin' Dots. <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever make a flavor that was palatable other than Banana Split? strawberries and cream of course fuck i don't see i've had dipping dots but i think i've had just like the normal ones like the, you know your chocolates and your vanillas i, I think it's been a long i've been out of the dipping dots game a long time i guess i'm Can gonna I make have a to suggestion adjust. to you you could mix the vanilla and the chocolate oh lord but the future see, is incredible the thing about the Dippin' Dots is you can only get the Dippin' Dots at, at, like, public events, like your zoos and your sea worlds and stuff. They, not in the future. Not in the future? Where do you get, where do you get Dippin' Dots now? You get it right out of your freezer, of course. So you have negative 40 degree freezers? Well, all you have to do is watch a couple of ads and then press a button and then <laughs> launch Dippin' Dots directly into your freezer. Of and, course, like, you if have- you have a terminal disease that they haven't cured yet, you just get in your freezer and wait? No, of course not. You die quickly. There's no health care in the future. <laughs> Everybody's on the Dippin' Dots. They probably got the diabetes. They all got the diabetes because of the Dippin' Dots? We have, we have to control the population. It has gotten out of control. So there's not that many people. So traffic isn't too bad. No. Uh, years ago, and I believe it might have even been in your time, uh, President Donald Trump said that he was outlawing abortions, and now we have too many people. <laughs> And send them to Antarctica, and then the ice caps melt, and all those people fucking drown. Like the dogs. Uh, The dogs, yes. (laughs) There are no dogs, either. So we got rid of dogs? But listen to me. This this thing is a a dog's purpose. 
the film franchise is the highest grossing movie series of all time. So you guys and just the, started killing dogs in all the movies? All, well, it's all yes, of course we did. By by about the ninety fifth sequel, it, they had to all be CGI <laughs> dogs because there are no more dogs. Oh, that's like with Finding Nemo and the kids bought all the clownfish. Whenever they're <laughs> whenever it's time to get a new dog, just like sorry, Fido, and then a twelve year old takes a claw hammer to his dog. Kids don't understand the whole saltwater thing. It's complicated. You got to keep an ecosystem for the clownfish. You can't just put them in regular water. No, they're not a fl- freshwater uh, fish. Wizard from the future. Yeah, what's what, it what like? Was it, what was your name again, caller? My name is Trayden Carol Hammond the Fourth. Did you write that down, or did you actually work on this today and, and remember your name? That's no, his my, name. That's my name. I've been bo- I'm born with it. Trayden Carol Hammond the Fourth. The Fourth. That's right. Uh, was was your father Traden Carol Hammond the third? Correct, and my grandfather the second. And then the first one was he alive? Like now? How far into the future was this? I don't remember the bit. Twenty ninety nine. What bit? I'm calling to you from the future. So I mean, would Traden Hammond the first be alive now? Well, I guess you could use your Google machine. What but- I want to know is, what's it like fucking on a belly full of Dippin' Dots? There's no more sex in the future. Yeah, and in 2099, who's still paying the Podbean bill, Napier? How did Traden Hammond the Fourth even get the show? We didn't think right, this so through. And it's all you have chips implanted into your head. You can get anything that you want. So it's I just guess all- what, what, I, what we're getting at is the secretary uh, Sean Spicer guy who said that Dippin' Dots are not the ice cream of the future. The current press secretary of the Trump administration, he doubts the relevance of the ice cream of the future. And he's wrong. He is wrong. Because it says there right there on the fucking sign, Dippin' Dots are the ice cream of the future. Dippin' Dots Corporation owns Disney. Do you put Dippin' Dots on crops because they got the electrolytes that plants crave? We have no crops in the future. Everything's like artificial, you just make it. We only eat Dippin' Dots. You know, uh, when I was on the Dippin' Dots website earlier, I guess you would consider this like a classic now, uh, Traden. Uh, but there's a, a Dippin' Dots rap song. And I was really excited because, you know, like, you remember we did the Hamburger Helper thing. We were really excited about the Hamburger Helper mixtape. Well, this fella is so passionate about the ice cream of the future that he made a Dippin' Dots song. Oh, Lord, I'm so happy to hear this. Oh, is this the first time that you've heard this song? Yes. Well, I mean, oh. earlier was. This will be Napier's first time hearing oh, do you Do you remember the Star Spangled Banner? Yes, I, I do. Yes. The Dippin' Dots song is now the national anthem. The national anthem of the country? That is correct. So this is going to be the national anthem of the country. Even though he already said uh, that rap was outlawed. So, I mean, like, well, you continuity is all so many fucked up. You can't outdo can't this song, obviously. They gave up. I rap except for dessert by Dawin. I want him all day long. I'm addicted like it's wrong. I want him all day long. I'm addicted like it's this guy's wrong. There's so many flavors. Do you think a lady Can't listens to this song? Napier, I really hope somebody raps about my pussy the way this dude raps about dipping Dots. I just want you to know that I genuinely kind of dig this song. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to throw that out there. Like, I've listened to this song more than once, not because I had to. 
Guys, I'm sorry. This this phone call is costing me a lot of dip and dust. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. All right, well, we'll let you go, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for letting us know because uh, I mean, the people they were very curious. I imagine if dip and dots were in fact the uh, ice cream of the future. Tra- Traywin, Traywin. I guess he's gone. He's gone. Uh, that was our first call ever from the future i think that's never happened before we've had more calls from the future than in the present <laughs> <laughs> you got to get to the hook though napier hey guys if you talk about that, that uh, dipping dots rap yet no we haven't started <laughs> hey, travis there's a dipping dots rap yeah i know we where were did you about go that we had a call from the future i had to put the kids to bed huh oh. Oh, you missed something special. Yeah, there was a guy that called from the future, and he said that Dippin' Dots is the ice cream in the future. And like well, currency, I, like they I, just use Dippin' Dots like to pay for stuff. I could have told you that. Dippin' Dots are delightful. Um, I want it all day long. I'm addicted like it. What you got? What you got? Do with Dippin' Dots? Do what? Do what? Do that? Do that? Do that? Do what? Do that? Do that? Do that? Do what? Do that? Come on, Napier. This is a banging track, yo. <laughs> um, give me some dots. Please tell me this was sponsored by them, like they paid for this. Oh, it was on their website. I think they're. All, I think they're on board. All you gotta do is offer me. Anytime I need the energy, all I wanna do is have about two or three. I like them yellow and blue, but then again, I could go for the red and green. I don't think this so guy's ever had Dippin' Dots before. Nope. Might as well go ahead and try everything. There's so many flavors. There's three flavors. Yeah, there's three flavors of Dippin' Dots. And then like, I mean, they have a lot of flavors. I looked at the website. You know, you can get Dippin' Dots mailed to you, Travis. You pay $9.99 for shipping, and you can get like a big-ass bag of them or like a little bitty bag of them. But they'll, they'll bring you some fucking Dippin' Dots. They don't give a shit. I guess they probably do what uh, What's-His-Name said, and they put it in the dry ice. They should do like a uh, like a monthly box where they send you like a cheese of the month club. It's like a Dippin' Dots of the month club. Steve was a ladies' man who loved him and left him. A regular cocksmith. Until one day, he crossed the wrong woman who used her witchcraft to curse him. If Steve was going to think with his dick, he'd have to talk to it, too. The Wheelbarrow Full of Dicks proudly presents Me and My Talking Dick. Taped in front of a live studio audience. Can't you just keep quiet? You're scaring them all away. I can't understand what you're saying. Jesus, it's so hot and musty in here. Yeah, we'll make it quick. We're in the middle of a Sears hardware here. Look, I'm not saying the chick working in the vinyl siding section was ugly or anything, but don't you think we could afford to be a little bit more cheersy? I can't afford to be anything. I haven't gotten laid in months because you keep singing Usher songs and making every girl I've gotten in bed uncomfortable. I can't help it. You start sticking me in there, and I'm inspired to sing. Do you really want to be stifling my creativity? Do you really want just another anonymous, boring, heartless dick? Yes, that's exactly what I want. I didn't ask for you. You're a curse. Well, that hurts. I thought we were becoming friends. Best friends, even. We, we are friends. You're my penis. I just want us to be able to work as a team. 
Well, it doesn't seem like you look at us as a team. It seems like you're thinking you're the boss of me. Well, we'll see who's the boss of who. Maybe I just won't show up when you need me. Maybe I'll just play possum. How would you like that? Think you're embarrassed to have a penis that kicks out slow jams? Just wait till you whip out old softy for her to suck on. Are you threatening a labor dispute? Maybe I am. Hey, how's it going today, sir? Anything to help you? Is that your dick? Get out of this store immediately. Come on, get out now. Tune in next time as Steve and his penis visit the White House. and bopping them on the head. Hi there. I'm Willabal, the redneck chef of the Ozarks. Tonight, we're going to make us a simple gourmet steak and potato dinner. Won't you come down and join me? I promised you all some simple gourmet dinner recipes in our foodie blog. What can be found on the web tubes? I woke up real early last night and I caught me a deer in the woods. Let's go down to the cellar and get a look at this beautiful creature of the Ozarks. Now, if you folks never butchered your own deer before, this is gonna be mighty. Awkward times. Most folks don't know this, but deer will sometimes mimic the sound of a person screaming when you start to harvest their buttery meat parts. Here nearest the front of the ribs, you got some good meat. But it'll take too long for today's recipe. We're gonna harvest near the spine, but below the shoulders. For folks that ain't in the know, that's called the saddle. And we're gonna ride this boy to Flavortown. <laughs> Don't worry about old Daryl the deer here. He's got one of my whacking socks shoved in his mouth. I don't really mind the noises myself, but the neighbors won't like me harvesting this late at night. My name's not Daryl and I'm not a deer, bro. I was just walking home from a Halloween party. Oh, so funny. He thinks there's people. I had a dog that said the same thing. Shame I had to put him down because he couldn't hunt good. Well... Let's start this carving knife and get down to harvest. Now that the harvest is over, we can start on the steak. I cut two big ones off of Daryl so me and my new hunting dog can enjoy it together. 
I hear you, Patches. I hear you. And I'll get you some of this here venison right quick. Our guest tonight is the star of Adam Ruins Everything, which airs Tuesday nights on True TV. Follow Adam Conover on Twitter, at Adam Conover, and let him know you heard him here. Uh, thank you for doing this, Adam. Oh, of course. Sorry we had to uh, you know, go back and forth a little bit getting the, getting the time set up, but I'm very happy to do it. No big deal. I, your your show is, is great. I enjoy it a lot. I watch it every week. I, I'm having a the, the only problem... Oh, thank you so much. You are... Living up to your namesake, though you're ruining a lot of things. I, <laughs> I think part of the reason that I enjoy the show as much as I do is because my girlfriend is kind of a hypochondriac. So it seems like <laughs> every week when the show ends, she walks down the hall and then comes back in here and throws something in the garbage. Oh no! But, uh, we've we've now lost tuna fish. Tuna fish is gone. Thanks, Adam. Uh, and mouthwash, <laughs> mouthwash is gone, and then Tylenol. We can't have Tylenol anymore. So. <laughs> well, tuna, I don't know. I think canned tuna is probably okay. I think it's mostly tuna in restaurants. Oh, canned uh, tuna. I, I wish we would have, you would have clarified. I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not sure, actually. I just feel like if it's, if it's from a, uh, a big corporation that's doing it, they have a harder time passing it off you know what i mean right that's just my guess but i'm not i'm not totally positive about that you don't hear about ratings i guess anymore is the show doing well oh yeah it is doing well it's i mean there we do have ratings that i think you can look up uh on i think there are sites that publish them uh even for basic cable but yeah it's a hit for the network it is you're getting a lot of positive reviews i see a lot of people saying some some very good things about what you're doing uh yeah yeah we've it's been it's been really gratifying it's been really wonderful and, Did you and, think it would get to that point, like based on the the videos that you made with this same premise previously? Uh, I was hopeful that it would, but I'm very astounded by the by the critical reaction. It's been really it's been really really gratifying and wonderful. Yeah, True TV was Court TV, wasn't it? It was indeed. And I guess they've they've rebooted. They they switched over from being Court TV a number of years ago, but um, they're like. Doing a brand revamp in the you know in the last couple of years that this show is a part of. Well, the first uh, time they revamped it, it was the Danny Bonaducci channel, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they had they had a couple. Uh, you know, they did they did a lot of reality for a while, and now they're moving off of that and doing comedy. Doesn't it kind of seem like 
all of the niche networks eventually abandon their intended existence and kind of move towards, like, I, I guess, for lack of a better word, like bet, like normal programming. <laughs> I mean, like even even HBO. I think HBO's original intention was to be just showing movies, and now. Well, yeah. I mean, they all. Yeah, I mean, they're. That original conception, I think, of a channel like always drifts and changes, especially because, you know, in television as, as much as any other, you know, uh, uh, medium, you know, like the people at the top, you know, come and go, right? Um, and so when they come in, they say, well, here's what we're going to do new. And that always involves doing some kind of new programming, you know? So there's always a lot of switching. But, you know, I mean, like Comedy Central has always been comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's, a, you know, I think there's a genuine comedy boom right now. There's more people watching comedy and talking about comedy. And and uh, there's more interest in it. And so there's a lot of channels that have moved towards comedy in recent years. Like FX has uh, become very comedy. Uh, IFC has as well. Um, and true is now, uh, doing that as well, which is awesome because, you know, it's just another home for, uh, for great comedy on TV as right. a comedian. I'm very happy to have there be more comedy on television. It's super smart too, because I find now true TV is one of those networks that I gravitate towards. You know, there's been some decent programming on there for, you know, I'd say a year or two, but now they're really just like, they're just throwing it out there. And I, it's, yeah. It's nice and they see. have, and they have a lot more, they have a lot more coming out too. They had some, uh, Recently picked up uh, my friend Jamie Lee's show, which will be really great. Um, oh, I love her. Uh, yeah. She, oh, good. Um, yeah, she's she's the best. Um, and uh, let's see. Um, they're also yeah. They're Jonah, doing a, Jonah Ray got a show on. He's got a show coming on uh, True TV too. Doesn't? Oh, he? did he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't I did it, hear about that. Yeah, Hidden America, I think. Yes, they're doing more. Uh, yeah, they're, I mean, they're doing more and more stuff like that, and you know, and they the the channel already has a fan base. You know, like there are already people who tweet at me about the show who are fans of the Impractical Jokers or Michael Carbonaro or those other you know, those those other shows, which sort of set the set the table for us doing what we're doing. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it you know, but the the awesome thing about True is that they're very new. You know, they're new. Their new identity is very is very new, right? So they're open to trying new things and doing a show as strange as this one. But mm -hmm. also, they're in nearly every home that has cable, so the reach is very very broad, which is great because there's a lot of places you can do content for right now that that you know you don't really get seen because people don't have it yet, you know. Since it is like a new a new revamp, do you get a lot of creative control there? I mean, does the network typically you know kind of leave you alone and let you do your thing? Yeah, I mean, we have total creative control. I mean, we you know we we uh, you know do notes process with them like anything else, and you know they review uh, drafts and things like that, and and you know um, certainly make comments and and you know the, like uh, you know there and that's a way that the scripts get better, you know. But we. Uh, yeah, we have we we've had total creative control, and they and they've totally stayed stayed out of our way in terms of. Uh, people say, "Oh, how did you get?" People literally said to me, "How did you get Tylenol to agree to let you do this?" You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like you don't have to because it's you, you true, called up Tylenol you know? and they said, "Oh yeah." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Expose yeah, all of our dirty secrets. Go for it. Sounds fun. Well, what what people don't realize is that the the ass covering that le that network legal and ad sales departments do is so pervasive that people literally think it's against the law to have <laughs> logos in the background of a of a TV show or movie, right? But you um, do like, see that from uh, when they blur out the names yes. of things on T-shirts and stuff. Yes, and and that's that's literally because you know you've got a lawyer saying we'll be we'll be sued. It's it's not that it's not that people are routinely sued for this reason. It's that you have 
lawyers who are covering their asses about it, right? But True, very early on, sort of got their basically they said we know what kind of show this is we understand what this show is doing and we're gonna let it do its thing you know what i mean and so you know we we have a you know piece about johnson and johnson we have oh, that's the listerine piece we have a piece about tylenol those are those are companies that are big advertisers you know and they just say well we just won't sell their ads on this episode and you know? for people oh. who have not watched the show your revelation about listerine was that it was originally uh, it was, well, floor it was origi- cleaner. Yeah, it was originally like a general household cleaner. It was just a mildly alcoholic solution, you know, that you could use on basically anything. They started selling it as mouthwash, uh, but the problem was that people didn't really think that they needed mouthwash in the twenties. They were like, "Well, what my, you know, unless your breath smells bad, you're fine." You know what I mean? But like, they didn't think that you need routine use of mouthwash. So Listerine dug up this old word halitosis, um, which sort of like a, la- a Latin coinage, and said it was disease you could have without knowing it. And so like they ran ads that said you could have halitosis and be none the wiser. And then, you know, when you like everyone secretly hates you because you, your breath smells and you don't notice, like they had these really cruel ads and people believed it and started using, you know, mouthwash routinely um, as a thing that they did every day. But in reality, like chronic, you know, obviously your, your mouth can get stinky if you don't, you know, brush your teeth or if you've, you know, if you've eaten and then it's been a while since you've washed your mouth. Right. right. But true chronic, bad breath is very rare, you know, like if, maybe if you have a bad tooth or something along those lines, you know. Well, it um, seems like most of the things that you are like kind of debunking have all stemmed from ad campaigns that we all grew up with or our, our grandparents grew up with and just kind of passed down. A um, lot of them are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane to see how pervasive it is in our culture, uh, the actual ad space. It just kind of becomes the truth because we've always... Because it's been repeated so much, yes. Uh, I, you know, it, it, I mean, obviously those are the most successful ad campaigns ever, right? Are the ones that are, I mean, the engagement rings one from our pilot episode where, where is that, that's the best example where De Beers marketed the idea of a diamond engagement ring and that became a bedrock tradition in American, you know, romantic culture. Um, and it's a tradition that directly benefits just one company, you know, um, like that, that's the starkest example. It's a matter of public record that they did it, you know, and it really was the only source of this happening. You know, if, you know, if a bit of advertising can work its way into the culture so deeply that people do it, even though they've forgotten about the original ad campaign because it was so long ago, that's, that's incredibly powerful. I mean, you have to hand it to them for it being so, you know, so effective right for it to span generations that's amazing yes i just wonder if that if the guy who came up with that he can even brag about it because (laughs) (laughs) i I mean they can and do you know like like a diamond is forever is widely regarded within advertising as the as the greatest ad campaign of of all time um uh and uh you know like books have been written about the people who did this you know it's it's uh it's not a secret, you know. I think people even found out, you know, A Diamond is Forever was originally come up with by a, a female copywriter, I believe. I forget her name, but, you know, it's the people went and found out who it was, and she's recorded in the annals of advertising history, you know. Uh, yeah, and it's it's uh, been enormously successful. Uh, you know, now, I, I, I'm not the cynical kind of person where I believe that, like, everything in society is due to a reason like this or, you know, that, that everything <laughs> that everything benefits someone. I think that's that sort of – Well, you're really working your way down the list, though. 
<laughs> yeah, that oh, that's true. But you know, not not everything is for this reason. You know, there isn't a shadowy uh, capitalist behind every corner. You know, cackling with glee. Um, it's the show. What the show is really about is the mistakes that we make thoughtlessly, right, in society. And not all of those are due to like a nefarious um, or greedy, you know, manipulation. A lot of them are due to laziness or. Um, uh, you know, to happenstance. Um, so, and those are a lot of the other ones that we talk about on the show. The, uh, you know, one we have, it's coming out, not, uh, this Tuesday, but next week, um, is about the history of summer vacation. And the only reason we have summer vacation is because, uh, you know, a hundred years ago when urban schools started being built for the first time at these large public schools, it was too hot in the summertime and rich people would like take their kids out of school and they'd be like, we're going to go to the Hamptons. You know, we're going to go on vacation. We're getting out of the city. Um, and as a result, the schools just started, they got in the habit of closing because this was, this was a pattern that happened. Right? So we didn't like, used to have summer vacation. We didn't No, We didn't used to have summer vacation. Not before. I mean, well, we didn't used to have public schooling. Public schooling is only about, you know, uh, a yeah. little over a century old, but, um, it wasn't because of farming or because of anything like that. It was just that it was too hot in urban centers to have school. Probably and, very uh, costly to keep the air conditioners running and stuff. There were, there was no air conditioning, you know, oh. um, now that there is. You can have school in the summer, you know. Um, it's just this habit that schools got into that we're perpetuating now, you know, out of just force of habit. There's no particular reason to do it, you know. I think if, uh, if you were to advocate that, I think that people wouldn't be for that. Uh, the, the, the three months off is, is precious now, right? Well, it's not. Yes, we think of it as precious. It has this big. Uh, it ha it has this cultural power and force, right? Yes. Oh, those wonderful three months. What a wonderful time! You think back to your own summer <laughs> vacation, yada yada, right? Right. But the fact is that this is what we talk about in the episode. Um, there's a phenomenon called summer slide, wherein uh, uh, kids actually lose months of instruction during the summer vacation because they're not using their brains. They're not learning, you know? Oh, right. Um, and uh, now you might say, well, it's good for kids to have. Now, that's a documented phenomenon. Um, now, uh, it's mitigated if, you know, the kids go to summer school or, or if they go to camp or if they do other activities like that. And you might say, yes, it's so important for kids to have time to play outside, right? Right. But not all kids can afford to go to camp. A lot of them are, especially if you're now, if you imagine like a kid, imagine a kid in the Bronx, who's, you know, comes from a lower income family. That kid's not going to summer camp, right? Maybe that kid lives in a dangerous neighborhood. He can't even play outside. Yeah, and his, his parents that, probably still have to work in the summer. Exactly. So his parents have to work. Home. So this kid is at home watching TV, right? And just trying to stay out of trouble. Um, that kid is being abandoned by the public school system, right? The, the entire rest of the year, the, the state gives the kid a, a safe place, hopefully safe, right? But a safe place where the kid is being monitored. That's just as important a, a function of public education as educating the kid itself, right? Giving the parents of the kid a place for the kid to go while yeah, they're at right, work. That's, right. a, that's important to an industrialized society. So that whole family is being abandoned by the system that supports them the rest of the year for those three months. That's a real, that's a real burden. So, um, you know, so other countries have a system where it's like, you know, every, Every couple months, the kids get two weeks off a year, for instance, you know, um, that that sort of system is uh, is, you know, doesn't have this huge summer slide problem that sends kids sends kids back. You know, and we talked to you on the show. We talked to a guy who uh, uh, runs Heart of L.A., a um, which is, a you know, a, 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 pr a program for at risk kids. You know, it's like after school programs and stuff like that. Right. And, and he says, yeah, during the summer months, like. It's a lot harder on the kids that we serve because they have nowhere to go in the summer. So that, now, that's not, there's no nefarious reason 
for uh, for summer vacation to exist. It's just something yeah. that we're doing thoughtlessly that you know we could put more thought into. Do you find yourself getting like regularly surprised by the topics that you cover? I mean, when you go into this, does it does it change the way? Uh, I guess you view our society uh, mm-hmm. typically, or is this um, this stuff kind of already bones in your craw? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say more the latter. These are all these are all ideas I've encountered in my own, you know, reading or or research or you know, and just and I'm not I'm no big I'm no enormous scholar. I just read magazines and listen to podcasts and read books and et cetera, you know, and and this is just me processing that information and, and thinking it through and, and, and having it affect how I think about society, you know, you know, but there are things that, yeah, our, our writers bring to the show that I, um, there, there are some facts that I didn't know before we started, you know, working on the show that when I heard them in the writer's room, I was like, what really? We have, a, we have a couple of them coming up. In fact, I won't spoil what they are, but we have a sec, we have a sex episode coming up. And, uh, let me just say, uh, there were a couple things that I did not know about the human body that I was not aware I didn't know. Oh no. <laughs> I will need to tune in. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. It's, it's straight up. Look, the, that episode is, is really crazy because it is straight up basic sex ed and it's shit that I guarantee you don't know already. Well, I find um, myself so you, pretty lost in that topic anyway, so anything <laughs> will help. You're going to watch it and go like, I can't believe I wasn't taught this stuff in sixth grade. You know, that's that's what it is. Well, I and I, I think with my kids immediately. that like uh, a major compliment I can give you in the show is that, I mean, you are, you're shitting on things, but not in like a o- overly negative way. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. it would be real easy for you to just come out there and say, you know, uh, you know, Crime investigation is bullshit. And I think it's stupid, but uh, it seems like <laughs> you come to it from like a smart way. And the show is, I mean, kind of, it, it's fun and it's very and fun. entertaining. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not Thank just, you. do you get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I think that a... it's easy. I, I mean, like, you know, me especially, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly negative, I think. And I, I yeah, think when I, Mike I wants just to come... uncover something, he typically just tells people how stupid they are for believing it. Uh, that's yeah. stupid, but you don't really yeah. do that. You, you kind of make it yes. fun. Well, I'm not a negative person. I don't like neg, you know, I don't, I don't particularly enjoy negativity. Um, how does that work? How do you do that? How do, how do I not be <laughs> negative? I don't know. Yeah. This is how I am. This is how I am, man. I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty cheery person generally. I think that's good, but um, you know, I, I like to think of myself as uh, uh, pragmatic, and I, and I really care about understanding the world around me and, and having an accurate assessment of it. You know, now I, I don't think that I'm like you. Know, I think, that, and I think that's something that everybody wants. You know, um, and everybody desires, and everybody is open to. Um, and my goal is to, you know, like educate is maybe not the right word. My 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 goal is to inspire everyone to think more critically. And to, and to think this way more often and people like to do it. So it's just sort of me bringing information to people, you know, and hoping, hoping that, uh, you know, letting them, they're letting them open their minds a little bit. But if I was combative about it, it's as people would tune out, you know, right. no one wants yeah. to hear, you know, like, like, uh, you know, honestly, I, um, uh, our show gets compared to Penn and Teller's bullshit a lot. And I loved that show. I loved it when it came out. I watched it a lot. That, that um, show was kind of negative though. That, that exactly. You're, you're I went, the happy now, side of the coin of Penn and Teller's bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I went back and I watched that show, and 
you know, I, I still like it just as much, but I was like, I forgot how much of this is just Penn calling people an asshole, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he shows footage of people and you just go, look at this fucking asshole. You know? <laughs> and now that is wonderful and cathartic, right? Uh, That's wonderful and cathartic. Yeah, but it feels good. If I agree with the asshole, right? If I am in that condition where I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I like Feng Shui, you know what right. I mean? Or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, I'm not going to be convinced by Penn calling the person an asshole. If I, if I, if I'm oppressed by the person who, you know, is into Feng Shui, then, then yes, I'm going to enjoy that. But so now it's just a matter of what, what's important to you. Um, cause for me, I really, uh, I always want to convince people. And so I always try to approach people from a place of, of where they're at at the time, you know, what is their current mindset and how do I speak to that? You know what I mean? Um, so, and that's just how, that's just how I prefer to do things. I don't think everyone has to do that. You know, I don't think, I think sometimes there's plenty of issues where, where someone could disagree with you. Like, you know what? I don't want to fucking deal with you. You're a moron. If you disagree with me, get right. out of here. You right. know what I mean? And that's, and that's fine. You can do that. Sometimes we have to do that in life. You know, um, we can't always take it upon ourselves to educate every incorrect person we ever meet, but I try to do it as much as possible. So when, so, you know, and I try to do it in a way that is, uh, empathetic and, uh, sensitive to the person who is bringing me the stupid idea, you know? So I always like to say, well, why do you think that? Oh, well, that's interesting. You know, it's classic Socratic method stuff. Right. When I watched your episode about crime scene investigation, it reminded mm -hmm. me of a story. Uh, 10 years ago, I was working as a manager at a storage place and I came to work one day and someone had thrown a rock through the office window and, oh, and stolen the cash register. And so I, you know, I called the police. I stood there. I waited and the guy came and he, he dusted the cash drawer for fingerprints. And then he got in the car and was leaving. He gave me a card. If you remember anything, let me know. And I offered to give the guy the rock that the guy had thrown. And I said, Hey, do you, do you want this rock? You know, maybe you can you know, dust it for fingerprints or, or do some kind of, you know, test on the rock. And the guy looked at me like I was the biggest moron in the world. And he said, this isn't CSI, man. We can't dust a rock. And I said, yeah. well, I mean, do you want the rock? You know, you can take it with you. And he said, what am I going to do with the rock? <laughs> and and I, I just, I, I kept the rock in the, in the store. And then eventually I, you know, put it back out with the other rocks. <laughs> but but yeah, I thought can, for sure that this guy home, was little rock. This guy was going to crack the case with this rock. Yeah. And so when I saw your uh, your episode, basically debunking everything you see on a modern cop show, I was like, yeah. oh, that guy probably gets that all the time, and he probably hates it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's interesting. There's this idea called the CSI effect, which which you usually hear about, there's two sort of versions of this, but the version you usually hear about is cops saying, oh man, because of the CSI effect, juries think that we are like superheroes, you know, <laughs> and that we can, and that we should have perfect prints for everything. And the reality is we don't, and it's hard for us to convict these criminals, you know? Um, and that, so that's the CSI, you know, effect from a law enforcement perspective. The CSI that effect that we're talking about is the fact that, you know, we do it on a cop show we, we, you know, we parody a CSI style show, obviously, right? Right. But the effects that we're talking about, you know, we make fun of Zoom and Enhance and some of the sillier sci-fi ones a little bit. But the fact is that the, a lot of the techniques that actual police officers use in the real field don't really work. 
And because people think they do, they're able to convince juries that, you know, that they've caught the person that, that they think they have, you know? And, um, so a lot of times what'll happen is the police will use a technique that doesn't work, but because it's convincing, right? They're able to convince even themselves, Hey, we found the right person, you know? So, so a, a big example is like unconsciously cueing witnesses, you know? Um, police can totally unconsciously cue a witness to say that they've remembered the person that the cop wants them to remember. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And since, and since the cops, so the cop's goal is to explicitly make a case and, you know, prose- find someone who they're going to prosecute, right? Uh, like a cop is not like a scientist, right? <laughs> the, a, a cop's goal or a detective's goal is not to find like the person who beyond the shadow of a doubt did it. Their goal is to find one person who they can charge with the crime, right? you know? And then it's somebody uh, they, else's job to f- convince a jury, I guess. Yes. Or... And it's a combative system, right? So they're just saying, we just want to find someone who we can, we can convince a jury. Get this it, off my you know? desk. Get this off my desk. Exactly. It's like, all right, we got a fingerprint. We got this. We got that. And and so they can use those techniques because people believe that they work because they believe the lie detector works because they believe that eyewitness testimony is is infallible and because they believe in these sort of like, you know, uh, forensic science techniques with like, you know, doctors wearing lab coats, most of which are are unverifiable. Um, because they believe in all those things, if they get all those things together, boom, you probably got a conviction. And so they just, you know, push it through that way. Um, now a lot of people are properly convicted by these techniques, but a lot of people are improperly convicted by them. And so this is our, you know, attempt to be like a little bit of, you know, again, it's a combative system. We're trying to push back in the other direction and say, Hey, we need to be more skeptical of these techniques when we see them in a jury setting. Um, something we didn't even get into on the show is, is, um, is like the issue of bad forensic science experts. Um, there are like diploma mills for forensic sciences where I don't know if you've seen these, like in New York, they have subway ads, you know, study, study crime scene investigation. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, and it's a, you know, there, there are these, uh, well, I remember di- during the, I'm sorry to interrupt you that during the, uh, the Ferguson thing, there was a guy who was doing analysis of a, a Skype call between some guy who was like sexting his girlfriend and he had a uh, gunshot sound analysis and he was a gunshot sound analysis expert. Yes. Now, how do you get that job? He's a, uh, that that you, sounded you, like he hesitated for three seconds. Exactly. <laughs> well, he, here's the thing is um, uh, it, the, the fundamental problem is that, you know, so the the science that is used in courtrooms does not stand up to the scrutiny of proper science. It's not peer reviewed. You know what I mean? Right. So so basically now now maybe gunshot science. I don't know about that one in particular. So you know maybe it is a very well studied, well researched field, and there's thousands of papers verifying that yes, if you have this particular sound signature, that's a gunshot sound, and etc. Right? right. That might be true. It might also be the case that it's one guy doing his own fishy research who one time was able to, you know, get his testimony accepted by a judge and jury. And then he rolled that into another case where he got it accepted by a judge and jury again, you know, and then he does that over and over again. Now he's testified in 50 cases. Now he's the gunshot sound guy. <laughs> and every and every prosecutor in the Northeast brings gunshot him in or Southeast, guy. I guess, because it's Missouri, right, brings him in to do the gunshot sound analysis. And they say, how many t- cases have you testified? And he says, 75 cases, you know, or whatever, 100 cases. 
Um, but this guy gets paid every time he does it. Most of the, most forensic science scientists who are brought in to testify are paid for their time. Right. And uh, and if he's and the only it, one, then you know he's got the monopoly yeah, on the. Exactly, and it might be that that his work is not actually you know has not actually been. Uh, you know, peer reviewed in a proper scientific way. Now, again, I'm not saying whether or not gunshot science right, is, is right, bad right. or not, but one that was recently found to be an example of what I'm talking about is bite mark analysis. Um, bite mark analysis is in the process of, of becoming, you know, it's in the process of becoming something you won't see in a jury anymore because, uh, it's, it's so widely discredited, but it was used for decades and it was just this small group of dentists who were like, we're the bite mark guys. We can tell you. <laughs> If there's a bite mark, you know what I mean? And there was no science behind what they were doing. They were just eyeballing it and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, those match, those match. Um, and <laughs> they, they, they get going, out the uh, the string that like a tailor uses and measures their mouth and says, yeah, yeah that's yeah. not right. Exactly. And then they would go they would go in, they would get paid for their time. And then they would get to feel like, you know, the big the big men when they were on the golf course with their dentist buddies saying, oh, yeah, you know, I helped convict this murderer, you know, the other day. So the title um, of your show is completely like off kilter because you just didn't you didn't ruin anything for me. You just told me that I can ordain myself a forensic expert. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I mean. Well, yeah, the ruining thing is obviously it's it's with a wink, you know what I mean. Yeah, right, um, right. Uh, the 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 goal of the show is ultimately to educate people and make this a more you know a more well informed nation, you know, in its proudest moments. That's the that is the purpose. So. You don't you don't think as a collective we're more like Joey Pants was in the Matrix, where he saw the way things are, but he chose to go back into the Matrix <laughs> and eat that delicious steak. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think people always want. I, I think people always have that desire to be, uh, you know. Uh, uh, a higher minded and smarter person than they were before. You know, I, I, I think we, we have those qualities in equal measure, but I, I think everyone always, you know, aspires to be more than they are. And I think, you know, by offering them, you know, by offering enlightenment, we, we, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know the, the success of the show has shown that that is something that people desire, you know, and that people, that people want to be more educated and, and better in this way. So, Adam, you are, you are a positive, cheery person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I am. I am. Ad, oh, so Adam ruins everything. True TV, Tuesday nights, 10, 9 central. Uh, AdamConover.net, at AdamConover on Twitter. Adam, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. Really and, appreciate and, it. Yeah, I wish you a lot of success because I do, it's for selfishly, I enjoy the show. I want it to continue. Uh, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Adam. Aunt Jemima has been a staple in American kitchens since 1890. Though the character isn't a real person, like the Kool-Aid Man or Tony the Tiger, she was designed by a white man to sell you pancakes. Us here at Quaker Oats have read the room and decided now was the time to usher in a new era. Nobody's tapping trees out here. Like Uncle Travi. With Uncle Travi's tree jizz, you won't have to worry about any racist stereotype on the bottle. Just the sweet, sticky goo you'll be squeezing out of <laughs> All part of an unproblematic breakfast. On the line, we have our good friend uh, Matt Leroy from Dead Men Talking, who was on just a little while ago. Hello, Matt. How are we doing, guys? Uh, we also have, from Not Safe for Water Coolers and countless other podcasts, uh, Miss Shannon Lake. Hi, everyone. And also on the line, Megatron. Hey, Megatron. Hello. I hope I'm very loud. 
because I'm very important and people need to hear me. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you on the phone, Megatron. Have you had dinner yet? No, I have not had dinner. Megatron does not eat, but he, need, he needs an oil change pretty soon, so we should really get started with this. Megatron, I was a huge fan of yours back in the 80s. I used to cut your photo out of all of my little picture books and slap them on big titty ladies on Playboy and then jerk off to them. It was so fucking hot. That's great. I used to jack off to myself, too. Little Mirror Jack. Mirror Jackin's the best. So, uh, Meg- Megatron, did you work today? Megatron doesn't work. People work for Megatron. That's a good point. He, he has a point. <laughs> that is you a can't fair really argue point. with that. So, uh, Napier Sexy Storytime, uh, we've done this several times. And our favorite one, uh, by far, was the, uh, the RoboCop Batman one. Yes. And so what I've done is I have gone and I've found another work of art by the same author. His, his name is Comics Nix. Uh, and this one... Uh, is is Transformers and Star Wars? It's like a it's like a a mashup of worlds, like the last one. Yeah, yeah, like the last one. I don't know if they all. I know he also has one that I think it's uh, Superman and Inspector Gadget. That is so hot. Yeah, which is a, a strange combination. But uh, so uh, I, I've I've gathered our friends here. We we were going to. Uh, Matt actually stepped in at the very last minute, so I appreciate it, Matt, because, you know, as you know, my co-host is incredibly unreliable. Uh, and, and so Matt will be playing the part of Jabba the Hutt. Um, Shannon will be Princess Leia. Uh, Megatron will be playing the part of Megatron. That's a big guess. Yes. It is. It's a huge get. We had Rihanna... And Megatron. Oh my god, Megatron is in the chat room as Megatron. Megatron, I didn't know you were on Twitter. Where can people follow you at? I just took over the Squarehead Kid assholes. Oh. Now I. Squarehead Kids, Megatron. Squarehead Kids. Are, are you going to. Uh... Are you going to be on Squarehead Kids? Like, th- they just recently had a co-host that may have left. You don't, no, re- you don't really know guys. yet, right? Fuck those guys. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Fucking boy, that's co-host. <laughs> so, too. Can we just cancel the whole thing and just, like, let Megatron, like, read a recipe to something or something? <laughs> Is Megatron black? Because Megatron sounds black. Want to start scream off that screen? What? Is Megatron black? Megatron, are you black? No, he's Megatron is silver and purple. So yes, he's probably black. (laughs) (laughs) Megatron talks. He likes grapes. Black. He's platinum. Megatron, do you know any of the lyrics to uh, MC Hammer's Adam's Family Groove? No, I did not watch that. Oh. That's a shame. MC <laughs> Hammer. Okay, so I'm, do you want to just get into it, Napes? Yeah, let's... Is... Okay, so uh, 
Napier will be the narrator, as usual, and I guess I will play the part of Optimus Prime, although I was excited for uh, Drunk to do that, because Drunk is the man of a thousand and one voices. All of them rapey. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, go ahead. Love beyond circuits, love beyond flesh. Optimus Prime is entering Megathorn. Megatorn. Megatorn secret Secret base. The fight was vicious, and the other Transformers got caught. Optimus needed to free them. Them he enters. Megatron Kang Chamber. Is that Egatro? Is that supposed to be Megatron? It says Egatro. Well, it's it's in blue, so whoever Megatron, free my Transformer pals or suffer lead metal consequences. Shout Potamus. <laughs> you will never defeat me, leader of the Auto Boys. Except the auto of the galaxy. You will have to jump over my dead corpse. And Optimus run at Megatron's direction, shooting blaster projectiles. Megatron runs to a secret chamber, and Optimus go behind. But it's a trap. Optimus gets stuck into a titanium metal bar cages. And Megatron brags. (laughs) Now, Optimus, you will be my financier, whatever that is. Will help to pay my death satellite to kill the Earth. What? And Megatron open his spaceship and embark the jailbirded Optimus Prime. He set a course to a distant planet on a galaxy far away. After some weeks, the Megatron spaceship arrives at Tatooi. He seeks for Jabba the Hutt, who receives him. Oh, Megatron! Say Jabba. Brought me the specimen? Yes. Say Megatro. Where's the money? Here. And it was a very good exchange. I hope we made. For sure, Jabba. Now, here. Your new slave. And Megatron lend Optimus to Jabba. Say Jabba. A new robot to my collection. You will entertain my co-tumors for some time. (laughs) Optimus is very angry and shout to Jabba. Oh, I'll never be your slave. You cannot control me. Yes, I can. If you try to escape, I will kill your cell companions. And Jabba take Optimus to his cell. There he finds the other prisoner Jabba was talking about. Hi, I'm Leah. This is R2-D2, and this is C-3PO. (laughs) Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Hi, Leah. I'm Optimus Prime, leader of the Autobots. 
what they are going to do. Well, I don't know. Joe said he opened a new service on Tatooine to entertain people from staying from other planets. I hope he don't kill us. If only I could contact Luke, my brother. Don't be afraid, Leah. I will find a way out. And they waited and talked. Leia told about the rebels, Han Solo, in Carbonite, and her love for him. The next day, guards awakened the prisoners and took them to the Colosseum. It were big and was full of aliens and people from all over the universe. Jabba speakers at a microphone. Greetings, dear customers. Welcome to the first luxury multi-species Colosseum of the galaxy. Here our first slaves will have pleasures beyond imagination and will please you too. Don't feel ashamed. Put your clothes off and jerk at will. Ha ha ha. No extra expenses are charged by cleaning the place. Toilet paper is at your right side of your chair. Condoms are charged separately. Have safe sex. And let the show begin. I mean, that's like a positive message. Job of the Hut, you know, he's coming through and like, you know, encouraging condom use and stuff. That's and, cool. Right? And whacking it. Uh, sure, no charge out, for the extra cleanup. Pull out your big alien penis and <laughs> heave that fucker right into this hefty bag and just load that bad boy up. Megatron, do you encourage condom use? Of course, because the Earthlings shouldn't be procreating. Because then there's just more of them to kill for me. Uh, when when do we get in the script to where I get to actually blow up the Earth with my death thingy? Death satellite? I think that's how it ends. I mean, we'll have to stay tuned and see. Okay. I just... I just... <laughs> Okay, Napier. Optimus are there, looking around, seeing that multitude of people. He can do nothing, even if he tries to fight. Jabba can kill Leia and the others that he didn't mention. They are fragile, so he must go, let go his pride. And please the hauntly audience of pedos. <laughs> All of the five slaves have micro microphones. So what they say the audience can enjoy. Jabba firmed a contract with the consumers that moaning and profanities are a right they have. So the slaves must keep shit chatting while sodomizing one another. Uh, Prime sits down on the dirty ground and wait. Leia comes near him. Oh, Optimus. I'm so sorry we met this way. Don't be ashamed, Leanne. (laughs) It's not our free will that approves this horrifying spectacle of pure sacrilege against flesh and circuits. It will be over in some hours. Wow, a big talker. <laughs> no shit. I'm going to fuck you for hours. <laughs> <laughs> With my big giant metal dick. <laughs> oh no. 
said the 20 foot tall robot. <laughs> Leia jumped on Primus' legs and walked to his hips. Oh, she is going to get fucking erect. <laughs> she is going to be pissing from new holes when this is done. Oh, no. <laughs> Now, Optimus, show me your metal cock. It sounds like she's crying. That makes it hotter. <laughs> I am crying. Said Princess Leia with a moaning and whoring voice and readily Optimus engaged into the sex-serving mode. A hatch opened and slowly a cylindrical monster of lead and gold emerged from the opening crotch gate. Lead and gold? Yeah. That seems like an like an odd mesh of things. Like that that sounds like really soft when you compare it to other metals, but I guess when you compare it to dicks, it's actually really hard. Me- Megatron, <laughs> do, do Decepticons have the same type of cocks? See, this is, this is really miscasting. I probably should have been on uh, Fuck Leia, because, I mean, you've seen my cannon before. It's a lot bigger than fucking Optimus Prime's. Look at that thing. Look at Chat. Look at the size of that thing. It's as big as me. It's fucking terrible. It's a big fucking cannon. <laughs> that when Megatron... Megatron is very top-heavy. Like, I mean, he's got, like, little chicken legs. He, I mean, he's got, like, a big bulky body and then, like, little chicken legs. His, his wang folds up into his chest cavity. <laughs> I mean, like, where does the donger come? Just in great shape, fucking, like, crazy. <laughs> you see that, see that right leg? <laughs> see that right leg? That's actually a penis. He's actually wrapped it around his his core and his torso he's walking on it he just he just straps that cannon on <laughs> where were we i don't i don't even remember uh, oh, okay it we was... were at shannon's line i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. well no actually we were at no no it no was... we were at your line it oh, was okay. shining and was totally waxed but was too big <laughs> To Leia to be fucked. 40 inches of diameter and 6 feet of height. Jabba was not pleased. How that stupid robot penetrate Leia now? His dick is taller than me! Megatron fooled me! Regretted Jabba. He kept thinking about a solution. Leia looked, and because the show must go on, she did her best while Jabba tries to fix the situation. Oh, Optimus, I guess I have to tenderize your metal dick for me to fully appreciate its wonderfulness. Leah, your rubber-clad bi- Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Leah, your leather-clad bikini lighten up my boron buttocks. Leah rubbed with her stretched arms the metal dick up and down, but it was dragging her skin. <laughs> Even if it was polished and had no jagged edges, she needed to lubricate it. Prime, do you have something good to facilitate my work? Yes, my power love. Here, have this squeezing tube. It contains graphite. Just rub all, all will be right. 
Yeah, shove this sand up your who. It'll polish up my metal cock real good. Shine bright like a diamond. (laughs) (laughs) And Leia did it. Her body got darkened by the graphite dust, but she liked it. And masturbating Potamus was very easy and pleasurable. R2-D2 approached Optimus and asked permission to land. (laughs) You. What? That's your line. Where? Grind, my fellow. Granted, my fellow. Oh, fuck, I didn't highlight that. Granted, my fellow... Cylindrical pal, you can enter my dark caves of mystery, (laughs) said Optimus. Said R2-D2. This was his first time fucking a robot. But not his first time fucking. (laughs) He was completely virgin of robot and was very ashamed he had to explode his intimacy in front of an audience of millions. But their lives were at stake, so he must swallow all of his prejudice and engage full head in this life-altering experience. (laughs) Said Optimus. Hang on. And Leia hold very harder Optimus dick. Optimus got up a bit and gave space to R2-D2. Leia was hanging on Optimus' dick while R2-D2 stretched the best coordinates to penetrate Optimus' experimental (laughs) anus. Luckily for him, Prime's anus was automated to adjust the best diameter for foreign objects entering him. R2-D2 positioned and Optimus seated on him. R2 was shaking in frame. <laughs> Optimus' anal cavity was dark and moist. <laughs> Had some loose wires and was rubbing from the inside. He started to think sex was not made for coward robots like him. Don't be afraid, said Optimus to R2. I'll help you. And Optimus Bow's light got on. Everything was illuminated, and R2 really saw what it was. A beautifully adorned rectum full of portraits of Prime's human friends that had already visited the place. He has a hole in his asshole. (laughs) (laughs) He has pictures of everyone who's ever been in his asshole. Oh, do you think they're digital ones where they kind of scroll through different people? I bet they're all little kids. <laughs> it's it's like a roller coaster. You know, you get your picture taken on the roller coaster, and then they can show it to Megatron, you. Megatron, you realize that Optimus Prime will never win an argument with you ever again, because you can always say, yeah, but you have a bunch of dudes' pictures in your asshole. <laughs> Megatron didn't think that joke was funny. I'm sorry, Megatron. Sorry. You insult me. Why would he have ever won a conversation with me before? <laughs> I don't. I'm just saying, like you know, you have you have an ace up your sleeve forever. I mean, you don't even have to try anymore. 
Shannon. Yes. How would you like to be able to like put like a a Hall of Fame like in your vagina? Uh, of like photographs of everyone who's ever been there. I would need a really long vagina. <laughs> Just saying. And <laughs> and let, me, let me ask 30 you this. Long. Would your kids get in as a technicality? Well, yeah, I've only gave birth to one, so I guess I could give her a corner or a spot. Are we talking like 8x10s or wallet sizes? Probably wallets, right? I mean, at least something. Crazy. Well, then, yeah, 30 feet long would be adequate, I guess. Yeah. What do you think, R2-D2? <laughs> Fuck yeah. I'll have sex with that robot, too. He's kind of so, dick-shaped. So away, he, he sounds like he's in Optimus's rectum for real. It's all, it's all echoey. <laughs> he is far away, and he is in his butthole, so it's okay. <laughs> a camera appeared from a wall and photographed R2-D2 and immediately put a portrait of him on the bow wall. <laughs> R2-D2 got very placid and calm. After he saw those happy faces on the portraits, he knew Optimus would never hurt him inside there. So R2 looked around, found a button. It was an elevator button that raised him up in the bowels. R2 arrived at a tight place where his metal body got stuck. At first, R2 got scared, but then the elevator got down and got up and down and up, making a sine wave pattern movement with R2-D2. R2 thought a bit and felt a pleasure down his electrical circuits and optical cables. Anal sex is like this? If it is, he really liked a lot. He was upping and downing, rubbing inside Optimus' upper bowels. Paraffin wax got sprayed all over R2 to help lubricate. Optimus' bowel walls were made of carbon nanotubes covered with soft pinky pillows of pure Putna's cottony. They adjusted on the fly the pressure all over R2 body and the elevator speed according to R2-D2 willingness to go deeper with his innermost sexual fantasies. Do you think the little kids were on that and they thought, wow, this is a weird ride? <laughs> Optimus Prime's butt has an elevator in it. And it's to give him anal pleasure. Optimus Prime's wild ride? <laughs> Just full of pink throbbing cables and so smelly many grease. <laughs> At first, R2 wanted to go slow to feel the texture on his metal cover, but later his inhibitions got away and the elevator got faster and Optimus got a surprise for him. Neon gas tubes appeared all over the walls and a range of different colors illuminate the inside of Optimus's ass with all the colors of the spectrum. So he's like the underside of a little Mexican kid's car. <laughs> so whenever you see a little cholo, like r going down the street with like 
neon lights all over the outside of his car, you can just think, that's the opening to Optimus's prime anus. <laughs> this guy is brilliant, right? Oh, this is... Do you think he's bullshitting? Like, do you think this is for real? Oh, God, no. I mean, this is this is some dude fucking around with us, right? No, this yeah. proves that Andy Kaufman isn't dead. <laughs> he believes. I swear. It was a real shame R2-D2 couldn't smell the daisy fragrance permeating Optimus's anus. R2 had no nose. As R2 was a robot, even infrared and ultraviolet colors appeared. And that profusion of rainbow happiness filled R2-D2 with the purest passion he never had from his robotic pairs. He always was considered a freak of the robot school. Every robot dispissed him because his adventurous ambition. He wanted to see all the stars, the other life forms. He didn't want want to be a hamburger frying slave all of his life, doing menial tasks that nobody would remember him in the future. No, he wanted to be remembered, wanted to leave a mark on history. His robotic schoolmates were just stupid for him, so he picked fights all the grades he did. He went to robot school? R2-D2? This is, yeah. This is this has got to be autobiographical. You think? Yeah. This is all from it's R2's a perspective, deep, isn't it? I mean, like right now, it's it's a it's a robot climbing around an Optimus Prime's ass, and like we're getting into like R2-D2, like when he was a kid in school. That's weird, right? If if R2-D2 goes all Jeremy. On everybody and shoots everybody in his robot school. We got problems. Well, sometimes authors, when they're, you know, they're they're doing a story, they'll they'll relate to their times. So maybe this dude had a lot of anal sex in grade school. <laughs> and he and he fought a lot. Yeah, he fought a lot. He got he got fucked in the ass and he beat people up. He was a real road hog. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. Trouble was his name, and no one loved him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. R2 Trouble D2. (laughs) Huge anal sex pervert. (laughs) Because no one approved his future plans for his life. But finally he found someone robot that can see him from inside. That he's actually looking on their inside. So... R2-D2's fallen hard for this elevator anal adventure. I mean, like, you know, he's talking love. He's talking about the future. If, yeah. if, if a giant anus ever, like, engulfed me... I mean, even if he sees, you know, Optimus Prime's, like, full roster plastered on the walls of his asshole, I mean, he still wants in. Yeah. He, he, he wants he, to be the last, the last picture at the end of that wall. Yeah, he's got to put a ring on it. (laughs) Settle down, R2. (laughs) I know, seriously. Hold that hog. Someone that wants to please him, that wants to give a hand and collect nothing in return. C-3PO was his friend, but Optimus is his lover. To return the favor to Optimus... 
opening his eyes to the sexual lust all robots should have in their lives, R2-D2 started to expel small shockwaves inside of Optimus Bowel, giving the Autobot the most tender demonstration of love and gratitude he ever received in his life. This action reflected at Optimus' penis that got slightly more elongated, something that pleased Leia. Optimus Prime, said Princess Leia with a sensual voice. You are a very horny individual. Oh, Leia, don't say that. Actually, this is the first time someone rubs my dick. While rubbing Optimus' dick with her humid, <laughs> engorged vagina, Leia felt... No, try, try that word again. Engorged? There you go. Engorged vagina... Leia felt a bit sorry for that robot. He was gonna, oh, uh. she was gonna squeeze that dick off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Optimus, you don't use your cock with much frequency, do you? Just Opt- like somebody else I know on this show. Ah, uh. looking at looking at you, Napes. I used it five times before I got here. <laughs> what you mean to say is nobody else but me uses it, and that might right. be true on most days. It's okay. Optimus lowered his head inside. (laughs) No, it's a problem being this tall. My Autobot friends don't have sexual appetites, actually. Being the leader, I'm the only capable of maintaining sexual intercourse systems. No other Autobot have it. And being anally penetrated don't really give me chills. Liar. (laughs) He seemed to be fucking into it. I don't know what's going on. He's got a fucking elevator. Yeah, he thought this through. He had a construction crew in there. Somebody had to build that. Somebody had to go up inside of him and put an anal elevator. This motherfucker was built for speed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And an anal hall of fame. That's going to take months. Yeah, he doesn't get the chills, but he sure does let any Tom, Dick, or Harry up there to fool around. He's got, a bet- cam- he's got a camera, for Christ's sakes. He likes <laughs> He probably it. has wainscoting in his ass. He's got all the trims and finishes. It's really nice. Is Megatron still there? I'm afraid to ask. I don't think he is. I think he got Megatron insulted. never leaves. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> just throwing up some hydraulic fluid for a while there. You were just filling up. You're gearing up for the end when you destroy the Earth, right? I'm waiting for it. I'm trying to read ahead, and I don't see it coming, so... (laughs) And the blonde ones never do. (laughs) Leia got tears in her eyes. She embraced Optimus Dick very hard, trying to (gasps) consolate that lone robot. But life is not that easy. She wanted to be 20 foot tall that moment. All right, said Jabba to Optimus from the microphone. My engineers are going to adapt this organic penis at your crotch. This will give something more consistent in terms of action to our marvelous customers. And a couple of alien men went and started to adaptate the strange alien penis to Prime's body. That penis was the property of a long-dead alien. Jar Jar Binks, to be more exact. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
After the Jedi massacre by the Emperor and Lord Vader, Jar Jar was captured while he was hiding at Tatooine by Jabba's bounty hunters. He was tortured for a week without rest, and after that time his body got quartered and his penis was sealed inside a carbonate container. A little trophy Jabba had been saving. But he was not hungry. His new business needed some sacrifices to be made, so now use Jar Jar Penis for a greater purpose other than a snack. (laughs) After a while, it's done. The penis is active, and Optimus can control it. His entire life, he has been praying for a small penis, and now he have one, given by his owner Jabba. Leia looked Optimus' eyes and smiled tenderly. The Jar Jar penis got attached on the top of Optimus' metal penis. It looked like a small famos. Famosus. Is that is that it's dick like mold? Stockholm syndrome or something, right? Yeah. I mean, she was she got on board pretty quick. Yeah, that didn't take I mean, too like, long. She wasn't like, no, I don't want to do this. I mean, like they were just like, all right do it and she's like oh okay well if you're gonna tell me to sternly I mean like now he's like grateful that Jabba the Hutt gave him a a little dick to stick on his big dick stick on his big dick but it smells like fish where I'm sorry where were we Leia climbed his metal dick and reached the top the moment arrived finally Optimus can fuck Leia slowly put his alien dick inside her wet vagina and prime enjoy. Leia doesn't even is feeling ashamed of showing her sexual skills in front of millions of spectators. This moment is owned by the two and they live it to the maximum their bodies permit. But now they're reaching their climaxes and Optimus didn't thought a plan on how to go away. See, every guy should know an exit strategy when fucking abroad he just met. You really need to know that. Is there a fire escape? Where's the back door? Did you drive? All of those things you plan ahead before you fuck strange bitches. Damn it, Optimus. How could you be so masculine and yet not know this? But Leia, while fucking, looked to Optimus' eyes and made lip movements, and Prime read her lips. Contact Luke. His phone number is 123-63-26-7.4-2-dot-dot-dot-4-753.1. That is also a phone number that you cannot contact. <laughs> <laughs> And Optimus did, but it was far too many numbers. No one could know he was doing that. They had no telephone jammers at the Coliseum. While in contact with Luke Skywalker, Optimus gave his coordinates of Jabba Palace, and now he can save Leia. He also forwarded her, or him, many sexual photos of his sister fully engorged into Jar Jar Binks' penis. The climax arrived. This is the moment. 
Optimus and Leia have been waiting. The consummation of their love for one another. The most pleasurable experience a robot can achieve in his fight-directed existence. The Jar Jar penis is ready to come. (laughs) Leia pussy is getting tighter. Travis in the chat. Guys, someone spent some of their precious time on this earth writing this <laughs> even it's more pathetic so good. we're reading it <laughs> and giggling like we're in the I spent all day trying to cast the characters <laughs> I, I printed it out and highlighted it of this bullshit I swear to you on my wedding night when I'm taking my bride in my bed I will scream at her Wife pussy getting tighter. (laughs) I hope it's me. I hope it's me. I hope it's me. Fingers crossed. And then we we will have kids. Yes. R2-D2 is already coming his coming liquids. And then it (laughs) falls. Jar Jar's penis get flaccid. And not a small drip of juice get out. It simply failed. Leia lowered her head. All of the customers started to shout and profanize and throw tomatoes and lettuces at the sex slave. <laughs> lettuces? Lettuces. <laughs> I think the plural is lettuce <laughs> I think that's the proper pluralization of that. This guy's I, a fucking idiot. I thought it was lead ice. <laughs> no, lettuces. <laughs> Jabba got angry because his plan got all wrong and everybody want the money back but the slaves will pay after they returned inside Jabba Palace Jabba started to talk to them you know what maybe his big fuck up of his plans were that he put on a sex show for millions of people in a stadium and had three fuck partners go on at the exact same time and two of them are robots. And one's inside the other that you can't see. I mean, before you make a sex show, shouldn't your first question be, do you have a functional dick? Uh, you should be asking Matt Leroy about this. He knows about sex and robots. That's like Thursday for him. Thursday, supper time, dinner time. Right before our show. Yeah. You have sex with a robot? Tons. Yeah. Continue. I'm sorry. Some, uh, it's, it's, it's Jabba's line. Sometimes when I want to have robot sex with somebody, I put a picture of fat Christie Alley on my couch and one of those fuck tubes in between couch cushions so I can picture that I'm fucking Christie Alley when it's really my couch. I'll let you put Christie Alley's face on my face. I'll get a tattoo of her face on my face. <laughs> You'll need more face. <laughs> <laughs> Why deny the offer of me being your personal fuck tube? Nips. God. I'm throwing myself at you. Most people do. <laughs> He's irresistible. Mike has he been is. Mike has been shadow jacking it under the table this entire time. No, I'm almost finished. <laughs> now I'm gonna kill you all, starting by But he was interrupted. Sir, Luke Skywalker is heading our direction. Luke, uh, the execution will wait. 
Come on, robots and Leia. You, Optimus, stay in the cage, or Leia dies in the Sarlacc pit if I come back and don't see you. No! And Optimus stayed in cell. Leia told him to go away. Luke could save them, but wanted to stay. His love for her created a strong bond between them. But no, the Auto Boys are priority. He must go back and save them. <laughs> Optimus sneaked out of the palace and stole a ship and headed for Earth. He's a 20-foot-tall robot. Does he really need a fucking starship? Where did he sneak out of? How do you sneak a building out of another building? <laughs> Christ. Hey, did you guys see Optimus Prime? Where the fuck did he go? No, we didn't see him, bro. He's in stealth mode. He must have snuck out any of the other building tall holes. Some guy drove out of here in a truck a little while ago. But I haven't seen Optimus Prime. <laughs> And that truck was all smelly and sticky on the back. <laughs> and there was, there was an alien dick hanging from the bumper. <laughs> it was just flapping around all black and dead. <laughs> it just made it... <laughs> it kept hitting hit the ground and making little chain link noises. Ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> Sparks were flying off the right, tip. We're running out of time. We gotta finish this up. While in the ship heading back, he felt something inside his pocket. It was a letter from Liua. <laughs> it reads. Wait, wait. When did she have time to write a letter? Well, she was grinding on top of his dead dog. That's a good question, Matt. When did she have. To- See, because, like, they met. And then they immediately went out into, like, you know, the fuck arena. And then she was fucking his big metal dick with the graphite. And then fucking the, the, the Jar Jar Binks dick. And then they went back to jail. So when was the letter written? Maybe. I mean, like, this story just lost all credibility with me. I mean, it was all believable up until that. Maybe she wrote it on a part of his body that folds up inside of himself with her with her snood juice and uh he was able to use the infrareds like at like at they use at the hotels to see all the semen stains and he noticed a jizz stain written in perfect english <laughs> Optimus we're in the middle of a war and you and your companions too but after all this ends please come back I know who the man of my life is. It's not Solo. It's you. I must stay with him after you depart. But if you come back, my arms will be open for you. Love you so much. Leia. And the letter ends. Optimus knew he had a long battle against the Decepticons. But one day, he will make his woman happy. One day. And then Megatron... Destroyed the Earth with his <laughs> death star. And then Megatron destroyed the Earth. And then Megatron destroyed the Earth. The the end. Safety glasses off, motherfuckers. It's time once again for the Hollywood Beat with your inside source, Drunk. This week, Drunk talks to John Cena about his new film, Bumblebee. 
in theaters now. So this is a romance? I love the tale of a boy in his car. Sounds innocent enough. Now you have a relationship with Bumblebee, and Nemo comes out of nowhere and does awesome, and the relationship between an adolescent and their parents. Gross. Nemo? It's, um, I, I like that stuff more. You're a weird dude, John Cena. So it's, it's, um, I keep telling everybody the movie will have a nice, fast pace to it, but it will also be digestible, and it will lean heavily on story as well. I bet. Oh, <laughs> my